Now, a few weeks ago, those of you who were listening on a Friday afternoon would have heard us having a very brief chat with the legendary PJ Powers about her new show, Firefly, which is on at the Grand West Roxy Review Bar. Now, my producer Katie went to see it that weekend. She came back absolutely raving, so much so we decided we needed to get PJ back in our studio for a more extended interview and have her share some of her stories about her life and her music. So that is exactly what we've done. Welcome. Very, 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 yeah, very nice to have you with us this afternoon, PJ. Thank you very much. Thank you. Now, I know you are struggling a little bit with your voice, so we will do yeah, our best to be gentle. Yeah, not that much. Everything yeah, will be fine. <laughs> Must be an occupational hazard, I guess. How do you deal with that if you have to go on stage? Um, you just um, get yourself a nebulizer, you get yourself a humidifier, you hold yourself up into a room and uh, cross your fingers. And it's worked so far for 32 years. I doubt it'll stop now. <laughs> why, why, don't break, won't fix what isn't broken, right. Now, I mean, it's hard to know where to start when you're talking about a career that spans more than three decades so maybe we can do a julie andrews and start at the very beginning when did you first realize that music was going to be your life's work and was your passion well you know i realized at the age of five that um music was going to be what i wanted to do i mean even in the show um it does take you back right right to that era where i was five years old and um that's all i ever wanted to do i used to rush around the lounge with a tape recorder asking my sister, who was then six years older than me, getting incredibly irritated, <laughs> um, asking her to interview me. I've never, ever, I don't recall a, a significant memory that I have where I did not want to be anything else. Interesting. So very few people who have that kind of focus and commitment from so early on. How did you go about then forging your career? I mean, what, what did you, did you decide to study in a certain direction? Did you go out there and just start playing? Where did oh, it all God, start? Oh, no, me study. <laughs> That's just, <laughs> those two words don't go well together. What I did was um, I wrote a silly little love song called You're So Good To Me. And it was at a time in South Africa where the airwaves were very, very segregated. Mm. And somehow You're So Good To Me, this is all in the show, by the way, somehow You're So Good To Me found its way onto the radio Zulu charts. And I was welcomed into, into um, you know, Jabalani and, and, and into Soweto, into the Jabalani Amphitheater in a way that is just... Really is my Grammy Award. Um, I've, I've had a wonderful career thanks to the black people of the South Africa. The, the, the white people caught up a little bit later <laughs> after the World Cup. They decided I was cool. It's a time about it. Yeah. People <laughs> got involved. But, um, I've been given a tremendous amount of love. And I, I, the one thing that I have to say about myself is that I have not stayed in South Africa. I've lived in South Africa. I know. I know every inch of every township. I know, I know my country. It's something that, as a white South African, I'm extremely proud of. Absolutely. I mean, you, you're talking about a time when it must have been absolutely unheard of for a white performer to be it playing. It was completely in unheard venues. of. Yeah. It was completely unheard of. You know, I had hand grenades thrown through my bedroom windows. Wow. Um, I, it, was, it was completely unheard of. But I had one stalwart that was looking after me right throughout this, which does feature a lot in the show. And I don't want to give too much away because Marianne will tell you more about the book that's about to be released. But Nelson Mandela has always been sort of, he's just been there in most of the defining moments of my career to help me along to guide me. He wrote to me from prison. I've had this very privilege. Often people say, what's the greatest thing in your life and what's the greatest thing in your career? And I can honestly say that um, they are the same. 
my career has afforded me um, the privilege to have a relationship with the greatest man on earth. And for that, I will be eternally grateful. Now, you say he wrote to you from prison. How long yeah. ago was, I mean, when was that? How did it all start? He wrote to me from Victor Vestere, and that must have been in 1987, 89, yeah. Okay, and from there, I mean, did you write back? Were you allowed to write back? Well, I wrote to him first, telling okay. him that maybe I didn't agree with everything that he stood for. And that's what I loved about Madiba. You know, he's always up for a challenge. Mm-hmm. And he wrote back immediately saying, any differences we have, I'm sure that we would wi- we would um, iron out the minute that I was, um, we could sit face to face. My big thing was that I may not agree with everything Nelson Mandela had said in those days. But I felt that I was doing, I felt that I was completely disadvantaged to not be given the opportunity to disagree. Mm -hmm. I think that in itself made me a disadvantaged human being. Interesting, interesting perspective on it. Now, of course, uh, you began the singing career uh, late 70s. When did Hotline form? I mean, I think that for many South Africans is the first sort of touch point at which they come to know you and associate you with. When, When did that all start? Hotline started about... Oh, I would say 81, 82. You were on the first mixtape that I bought. My little tape cassette there was one of the, the, those top 40 hits or whatever it was. Yeah. And the track was Jabalani. In fact, I think we've got it. Let's take a listen just for the sake of it.
chatting to PJ Powers in studio with us today, our personality of the week. And if you like me, you remember that track from the 80s, Boy Oh Boy. That was the soundtrack of my youth. Uh, PJ, I'm sure that's a track that features in the show. Yes, it is, because I'll tell you why it does, is that Jabalani keeps resurfacing every 10 years. I mean, in the, eight, in the 80s, I did it. In the 90s, Soweto String Quartet did it. And then in 2010, um, Jabba. Uh, resurfaced, I mean, decided to do it for the 2010 World Soccer Cup. Mm-hmm. So, so it just keeps kind of reinventing itself. Fantastic. Oh, and that kind of longevity. But there are a whole lot of new songs in the show. So please come and listen no, to well, those. Talk to us about the show because you said to me in the break that it, it, it will, in a way, shift public perceptions of you. Tell us a little bit more. Yes, it will. Um, I do believe that... Um, like anyone, we've all got our stuff. And I got into the boxing ring with alcohol. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I lost. What can I say? People say to me, what have you been doing for the last 10 years? And the truth is, um, I've been buried in a bottle. Um, I've been sober for five years. Well so I'm very, very pleased about that. But it's basically the ups and downs of what the music industry and what the, 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 the elements outside of the influence, uh, outside of the, uh, the music industry influence how you operate within your life, um, within the music industry. And, um, so it is like a journey. And it's a journey that people have taken me on. You know, it's the public that have given me this wonderful life. And um, it does delve a little bit into alcoholism, but it's it's a lot of very self-deprecating humor. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, you may need a tissue, but I'm, I'm sure you'll need something more to dry your eyes from laughter. Okay, good combination. Now, I mean, you say new songs involved. Uh, you, what, 15, 16 albums under your belt now? Oh, 17. 17 yeah, now. 17 okay. under the belt. But this is, um, I think this is, yeah, this is the 18th. I'm not counting all the <laughs> collaborations that okay. my um, very distasteful manager keeps putting out. Um, so I'm not going to count all of those. But this is, I think, a very honest album. It's a very generic album. I think that in my entire life I've written about the state of the country, the state of, which of course I will continue to do because I love my country and I, and I, I feel that as a person with a voice, I have to speak about what is going on. But this gave me a little bit of a respite when I came out of um, a very dark place to write some songs that were personal, that were mm-hmm. fragile, that were um, that were little. And um, and I took that I think a very bold step for me to show people the vulnerability of where I come from as an artist. And how are audiences responding to that? Very well, extremely well, I must be honest. And I just want to say that the team at the Grand West have been fantastic. And the Roxy Theatre is a great little theatre. And um, it should be supported more. It's a great Mm -hmm. theatre. So the show is, of course, Firefly. We are chatting to the lady herself, PJ Powers. And, of course, if you have anything you'd like to ask her, I should remind you, please feel free to give us a call on 021-446-0567 and direct the question to her yourself. Or you can send an SMS and I'll do it for you. That number is 31567. Now, I mean, let's go back to the darkest days of apartheid. I mean, you found yourself literally banned from the airwaves for a time. Yeah, I did. How difficult was it to operate as a musician in those times? <laughs> well, it was pretty difficult, you know. Um, in order to be, in order to be heard on the radio, I mean that, that is the most important thing in any singer's mm. career is airtime. Um, but I'm not one to 
to not be up for a challenge. And I wasn't going to let the SABC event silent me. I really wasn't. Mm-hmm. Um, the fact that they saw me in, in Zimbabwe with Harry Belafonte and Miriam McKeever and a, a picture happened to leak back here. I, I just think it was childish. I mean, the mm. fact that they cut Steve Kukaner and my hands out. So we looked like these two sort of armless people <laughs> joining hands, you know, um, at the... Um, in, in, in the video, um, it was a tough, tough time. But I got through it and I'm here to tell the tale and that's what's important. Absolutely. Now, uh, how do you find the music industry in South Africa today? I mean, how has it changed if we mm. move now 30, 30 years down the line? Well, I, I think that we went through a serious dip after the 80s. I mean, I think that in the 80s we had the most glorious. You know, there was Elemental, there was a Void, there was Fear Africa, there was Hotline. There was um, Wendy Oldfield, Sweatband. There was um, Abaquiniana. There was Soul Brothers. There was there was uh, Johnny Clegg and Jaluka. There was the Ladies with Black Mambazo. There was Vusi Shanga. There was Kondrizu um, Kobu. There was a there was an absolute unbelievable mass of um, of fantastic fantastic music that was happening. Then it kind of all took a bit of a dip. Because unfortunately, everybody um, discovered computers and discovered that you didn't really need a voice because it was auto tune. Mm. I mean, auto tune, and you also didn't need a, um, a to play an instrument because so long as you could get the beats. Oh, I have. I often have young men coming up to me and saying, "Tandeka, can you help me with some beats?" And I'm actually not quite sure what they mean. <laughs> can you help me with some beats? You know. Yeah. Um, and uh, I guess he's laughing, but um, I think that what is happening now is we're seeing a resurgence of real music. And I think we have the thanks of, I saw a great new band in um, Johannesburg very recently called The Muffins. Mm-hmm. And I just thought, wow, no, that's original. Those guys are playing the real instruments. They're doing what they're meant to be doing. And I think there's a lot of stuff happening here in Cape Town. And I think that I'm hoping and sorry, guys, I have to say this, that we're, send, we, we, we're seeing the end of this sort of umpha, umpha, umpha house stroke um, quieto music. You know, jazz will always be a strong word because it has never changed its format. It is what it is. Mm-hmm. But I am hoping that we um, are, are, are seeing the out of basically Americans don't want secondhand American stuff. Mm. And that's what we're dishing up to them. I find it very strange that nobody's cottoned on to the two Grammy Award-winning bands in this country, our Lady Black Mambaza and the Soweto Gospel Choir. Yeah. Thereby tells for me everything. It tells of quality, it tells of authenticity. Yeah, absolutely. We've chatted about the show, but there's also something else happening, which is why you've brought with you Marianne Tam, one of our absolutely esteemed authors and columnists in South Africa. Tell us what's going on between the two of you. No, I'm going to let her tell. Or let her tell us. She's much cleverer than me. <laughs> no, I'm just trying. PJ's sick. Shame. You can hear that. Shame. So, so give her voice. She's, a she's away rest. from home and all of that stuff. And that. And I mean, just seeing the show as well. Uh, those of you who have seen it, she's got the ex- most extraordinary voice. So we have to make sure that it doesn't um, get too tired. Too tired. So fair enough. Something. For the sake of the fans who're going on Wednesday. Yeah. Yeah. No. This is this is. It's interesting because PJ and I are the same age, and we've come through the same kind of history in South Africa. And what I really like about the story or PJ's story is that it's very, very in, you know intimately connected with South African history and, and South mm. Africa's story. And um, I, I, I've had the privilege in my, my life to know lots of people who've become famous and who are famous, but I can tell you right now, no one 
no one um, attracts as much attention as PJ does. When we when we went around Soweto, it was yep. ridiculous. It was ridiculous. So much love for Umlungu, I've never seen. <laughs> um, so it, it, what's interesting about that is the sense that um, uh, when PJ was banned from the SABC, mm-hmm. and I think a lot of white South Africans were not aware of just how popular uh, PJ was. So the story is the story of our country, seen through the music, and the, the attempt at crossing over, because I think that's also kind of something we've stopped doing. Yes. The musicians have, have, are not collaborating with each other, are not attempting to speak to each other in those spaces um, and it's a beautiful story and there's a lot of, I mean the 80s were the most violent era in South Africa and, yep. and, and PJ sort of lived through that and performed through that with Yvonne Chaka Shaka, some other music icons with Barry Makeba and others, so it's a great story um, which is more than just about an icon but it's also about a 30 year career which not many people can, can exactly, boast of having Exactly, not something to sniff at is it? Now I mean when did the collaboration start and when do we expect to see the memoir on the shelves? Well, it started, I got a call from Penguin um, uh, saying, you know, I was up in Joburg doing a, a different book and met with, with the publishers and they discussed the possibility of the um, of, of doing a memoir or writing the book with with PJ. And then we met. And PJ is very, very funny, I must just tell you, because there's one thing <laughs> that I re- no, really, um, if you, a sense of humor, is it's, it's a weird thing, you know, it's like an orgasm, you can't fake it. You either, you, either you can't laugh at a joke if it's not funny, do you know what I mean? And she's, uh, you'll see that in the show as well if you go. Um, and I really Really liked that as well, and the story, and and uh, just the role that she's played. And I thought, no, this, this is great. It'll it'll work. It'll be a great great piece to write, a great book mm-hmm. to write. Hopefully, out by August, Women's Month. Yeah, good um, timing. Yeah, yeah. So we've been working on it in between other projects together, but um, it's coming along, and it's a big story. It starts off with this, the five year old who believes she's going to be a singer, and it's quite <laughs> extraordinary because um, PJ believes in, in kind of moments that happen for a reason, and mm-hmm. in her life, there've been many of them. So she encounters people and situations along the way that keep on sort of moving her in the trajectory she wants to go in. So that's what's interesting. Interesting stuff. Look forward to reading it. Uh, Marianne Tam, of course, working on that uh, on that memoir. Uh, PJ, back to you. When you speak about the major moments, I mean, one of them certainly for your career has to have been the World Cup. You've made reference to it already at exposing you to such a hugely uh, expanded audience. But there's a story there with Nelson Mandela as well, isn't there? Yes. Um, um, you know, Madiba was the person that insisted that I actually sing the World Cup rugby. I'm told I wasn't the first choice, and quite frankly, I don't care who was. But um, Madiba insisted that I do the World Cup song. I think wonderful moments in my career have definitely been things like it was the most... um, I still get goosebumps on my... On my arms when I think about going into Jabalani Amphitheatre in 1982 and having 40,000 people sort of unanimously call me Tandega, which means the loved one. And that, that is, it really is, it's my Grammy, it's my award, it's my, it's the reason I sit here today. Where did that name come from? Who first used it? I have no idea. Mm. Collins Mishiechel, who was the compere. He, uh, he walked on stage, he said, today we're going to marry this woman to Soweto. <laughs> what should we call her? And the crowd shouted back, Tandehaga. Fabulous story. Peter Powers, we are out of time. It's been a great pleasure to have you in studio Thank with us. Thank you so Please much Please look after me. the voice for the sake of the fans who are coming on Wednesday, Thursday, Friday I and shall Saturday. Indeed. Lovely to have you with us. I'll just remind you all, the show is Firefly on at the Grand West Roxy Review Bar. The curtain up is 8.30 on Wednesday, Thursday, Fridays and Saturdays. You can get your tickets at CompuTicket, only 90 Rand and I'm told absolutely worth every penny. Thanks so much for thank joining us. Thank you very us. much. Thanks, guys. And thank you Thanks too everyone. to Marianne Tam.